Hey, good morning. You guys got your Bibles? All right. I only get about, I think, 90 minutes, so we got to hurry. Go to 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. It is a delight to hang out with you guys. Uh, I think it's, it's probably been about 15 years, Dwight, when we started. None of this was here. And um, so... Last year, we traveled about 25,000 miles, crisscrossed the nation several times. Uh, we traveled full-time, and uh, I think we were in 46, 46 meetings and uh, had a great time. Um, hey, listen, God's still doing miracles. Amen. In case you forgot, He really is. He's touching, He's healing, He's delivering, He's setting free. And uh, none of that has changed. And uh, so I want to talk about two mandates that I live by that I think the church needs to truly operate in. I like what he said, designed to shine. Shoot. Um, so 1 Corinthians 14, look at verse 1. 1 Corinthians 14. And <clears throat> there, there's, there's two what's called present imperatives. The word present, it's, it's a verb tense that means it's ever going. It doesn't stop. It, it continues. It's like, I'm walking. That's a present tense verb. I'm walking. So there's two present tense verbs, and then the, an imperative is a command. When there's an imperative, it's not up for grabs. You don't say, well, I take it or leave it, or hey, that looks like a good suggestion. Or No, no. An imperative is a command. So... 1 Corinthians 14.1 begins with two present imperatives. Here's the first one. Pursue love. That's, a, that's an imperative. And the word pursue is a present term, of present, it's a verb, dekeo, that means to chase after. Or maybe to hunt for. It's, it's the concept of of going after something strategically. My, my brother-in-law, who has just spent some time with us this weekend, has been pastoring in Elkins for 25 years at a church there. He's an avid hunter. I, I mean a hunter. They, he's like, he's, they drop him off in a Piper Cub, you know, in the Dakota somewhere. We'll see you in three days, maybe. And that's it. That's his cons. And they goes, you know, big game hunting, that type of a thing. So, but, but he... he talks to me about deer hunting, and it starts several years in advance, several years in advance, and they'll mark a spot, and then he puts this, this feeder out there that is very expensive. I filled it a few months ago, and it's very expensive, and it's, it's, it's controlled by the sun, and, and it's a solar-powered thing, and then there's, there's night cameras, and they get what's called the tracking pattern of the deer, so they see where they're coming in, where they're exiting, so they know where to put the tree stand, so it's, it's not downwind to these things. And, and this is a science. And, and then the, the month of the hunt, the clothes are out in the garage. You wouldn't bring him in because my sister-in-law has candles going in there. You don't want that stuff on the clothes. So you hang your clothes out in the garage. The week of the hunt, you don't bathe because you don't want soap. You don't want anything on you like that. The day of the hunt, you get up, you put these clothes on, you put deer urine all over you, 
and then you go out and you sit in a tree stand and you wait with anticipation for a buck. Now you do all of that because you want to catch something. How would you arrange your life to become love? How would you how would you shape your how would you shape your lifestyle to become this to pursue love? This is a mandate. You, you don't take it or leave it. So you don't, well, no, no, this is a mandate. Pursue love. Well, what's love? <laughs> well, it's so washed up in our culture, right? Because we say things like, man, I love pizza. I love my wife. Well, which is it? Because right. <laughs> I've had some good pizza. <laughs> I may have a good wife, but... <laughs> and Sunday's pizza day with us, I mean... Well, you know, you know, there's different words for love. There's eros, there's agape, there's stergo. But the one used most frequently is this word agape. A-G-A-P-E would be the transliteration agape. What the heck is Agape. Well, it's interesting. I, I've read a lot of definitions, but probably about eight years ago, I read one that, that absolutely marked me. I kid you not. I have a, a stand-up desk, because I don't like sitting because I get lazy. So I have a stand-up desk, and I'm reading this definition, and when I read it, I got ticked off. I did. It, it disturbed me. It, 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 I, I had to pick myself up off the floor and dust myself off. Here it is. Ready? Listen to this. It's by a guy by the name of Rick Renner. All right. He says, agape occurs, this is agape, when an individual sees, recognizes, understands, or appreciates the value of another person. Look at this. Causing the viewer to behold this person with great esteem, awe, admiration, wonder, and sincere appreciation. Such great respect is awakened in the heart of the observer for the person that he is beholding. Are you ready? Check this out. He is compelled to love them. In fact, agape makes it that our love for the person is irresistible. Oh, it gets better. So this is agape. Well, I don't love like that, well, then you're not into agape. You might be in a phileo. Phileo's not bad. It's used in the New Testament. But phileo is built on affection. And so if you hurt my feelings, well, I don't love you. Agape's not into that. Agape, see, is divinely activated. It's, it's not fostered by our own emotion. It's not intentional or dis it's it's not it's not on the emotional or affectionate level of a person. So so there's no well he hurt my feelings and they're mad and they defriended me and they, I'm not going out to dinner with them and so I, so none of that stuff. That that's phileo and it's good, but but phileo can get your feelings hurt. Now people don't get your feelings hurt in this church, but I'm saying other churches. Agape's different. He goes on, ready? Check this out. You gotta hear this. Agape never looks for what it can get, but only for what it can give. It's all of the person who is loved is so deep. Oh, ready? It, they shower their love on another person regardless 
of the response. When you love with this kind of love, (laughs) buckle your seatbelt, it's impossible for you to feel let down by the response of the recipients of your love because you become unoffendable. You know, people say, what do you see when you travel the nation? I see people who are offended. I know, all the time. I mean, well, you expect that in the world, right? Jesus said as much in Luke 17. But, but in the church, in the church, and I'll just tell you that if you just boil it down, it's just the fact that we're not operating in agape love. We're operating in something else, but it's not agape love. Because in agape love, there is no offense. Right? You don't see Jesus offended, right? And we're to replicate him, Luke 6, verse 40, we're to be just like him. And, and so we walk, see, we pursue this love, we become love. And so essentially we're saying we become unoffendable. That's a mandate. Isn't that awesome? The church ought to put out on our sign. The church that doesn't get offended. Ephesians 5.1 says, be imitators of God. Imitators. Imitate God. It's the word mimeotase. We get the word mimeograph. Anyone remember a mimeograph? It's like all the old ones. Like, yeah. Right, you, you young guys, you don't, you don't. But mimeograph was this cylinder type thing and it would spin like this and it would go and it spit out copies, the ink was blue, it was wet, and it always smelled. And when we were in math class, we'd get it and we'd go, (sighs) it was like a legal buzz, man, when we were in, in fourth grade, we were getting high on ink, man. You sniff your glue and marijuana, but we did, we did mimeograph ink. A mimeograph made a copy of the original. Paul says we're to be a copy of the original. So much so that I can't tell the difference between God and you. So I'm like looking around and I say, here's God right here. No. No, he's right here. No. no, no. He's right here. No. Oh, there he is. No. no. There he is right there. No. See, I can't tell the difference between the original and the copy. Therefore, you are godly. How in the world do we imitate God? Oh, Paul answers, Ephesians 5, 2. Ready? Walk in love. That's a mandate. Walk unoffended. Oh, I have people argue with me on this all the time. I've had emails. I mean, I've, I've had to read emails. I, I've had to read letters with asbestos gloves. <laughs> because there's a difference between being hurt and being offended. I, I'm not talking about getting hurt. Hurt is the sting. That's the, that's the offense. Being offended is being trapped. The offense comes, again, Luke 17. Woe to the world. Offense is going to come. Jesus, the offense came to Jesus in Matthew 16 when Jesus looked at Peter and said, you're an offense to me. What was Jesus saying? You're setting up a trap. It's the word scandalon. It means a trap. You're setting a trap, Pete. But Jesus wasn't trapped. 
So the offense came, but Jesus wasn't offended. You can see the offense can come, doesn't mean you have to be trapped. You got people in your family that set up traps. Come on, right? We all got, I should get off this real quick, but you know what I'm saying, right? You got people when they come home or family time or holidays, you're like, oh, God, help me, right? Because they set up traps. Am I, am I right, dude? Come on, right? But you don't have to be offended. You don't have to be trapped. Why? Because we're pursuing love. It's a mandate. Oh, here's the second mandate. Yet desire earnestly, and that, that, that's interesting. That, that means to boil with, a, with, with like this affection. Like if you have the King James, we don't, we don't read that too often, but the King James says be, be jealous for. It's actually to burn Burn inside with a desire for something. Now, it's not lust, or at least it's not an improper burning with desire, because there is an improper burning, but that's not this one here. This is to burn with desire or great affection for one thing. What is it? It's the word spiritual. Don't say gifts. Because gifts is italicized, and so that means it's not in the text. We're not to actually burn with affection for gifts. We're to burn with affection for one thing, spiritual. Oh, what's spiritual? Spiritual is the word pneumatikos. Pneumatikos, are you ready here? It's real simple. Pneumatikos is a word that means to be influenced or governed by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're governed by the Holy Spirit, you're going to flow or manifest in the gifts. But you can hunger for the gifts, but not be subject to the Holy Spirit. You see what I'm saying? People can manifest all kinds of things, but if it's not initiated and activated by Holy Spirit, it's not of God. And so we're to burn, we're to desire for, it's a mandate, we're to desire for constantly, consistently, to be under the influence of the Spirit. I'll use the word that was used by Alan Hirsch called pneumatocracy. Pneumatocracy is a spirit governing our lives, a pneumatocracy. Alan Hirsch goes on to say, if you read the book of Acts, it's a pneumatocracy. Pneuma, which is the word spirit, pneuma. Ocracy is a government, so it's a government that is literally of the spirit. And when you read the book of Acts, you have a pneumatocracy. He says, you know what we've exchanged that for now? A bureaucracy. He said the church has become a people under the flesh. Good ideas instead of God ideas. This is a mandate. Desire earnestly, burn with great affection for what? To be subject to, influenced by God. Governed by Holy Spirit. Oh, I love that. I love that. Pneumatocracy is an interesting word. If you take your car to a garage and you're going to have the tires rotated, they're going to take the tires off with a special wrench. You know what that wrench is called? A pneumatic wrench. A pneumatic wrench is just a wrench that functions all not with electric or battery. No, how does it function? It functions with air blowing through it. 
the wrench is incapable of doing anything on its own until the air blows through it. That's this word here. We're to live completely contingent upon Holy Spirit blowing through us, meaning that we, don't, we can't do anything on our own. Oh, but wait a minute. When the Holy Spirit begins to blow through us and activate us, all of a sudden we can lay hands on the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the left. We can do the impossible because it's not you, it's Spirit blowing through you. We're to desire that. Oh, but note the progression. Pursue love. Desire pneumocracy. Pursue love. Are you with me? So now watch this. Love sets up the foundation for the supernatural to manifest. Do you see what I'm saying? Love creates an environment where Holy Spirit feels comfortable to rest on. It creates a landing pad. We were in Hereford. We've been in Hereford. Oh gosh, many Hereford, Texas. Anyone ever been in anyone Hereford, Texas? Like it's the beef capital of the nation. Some of you don't seem impressed. Sorry, you vegans. But anyway, two and a half million beef go through Hereford, a town of I don't know. It's a real small town, and and so and it smells like it too. Two and a half million beef in a year. Two and a half million. And um, it's just incredible. Anyway, we've had great meetings there. So I was leaving one time, and uh, after a meeting, and a, and a dude shook my hand. He put a $100 bill in it, and he says, God bless you, Rob. And I looked, and I said, I am blessed. Thank you. <laughs> put that in my pocket. And then we drive over to Amarillo, maybe about an hour or so drive. And I'm sitting in Amarillo with the pastor and his wife getting ready to start a meeting. As I'm sitting there, the waitress is treating us horrible, absolutely horrible. Now, I have a policy. The policy is seriously, I'm not, I'm not, they're just, this is the way I work. You do what you do, but I do what he wants me to do. Anyway, I'm just teasing. Anyway, I, I carry 20s. I carry 20s in my wallet. And I just give them away. I just do, I just give them away. I love to do that. And generally, I will be in restaurants and We'll tip waiters or waitresses and stuff like that. You just, just do. So I'm sitting there. Holy Spirit starts speaking to me. She's just mean. Holy Spirit speaking to me. And he says, hey, he says, you know that $100 you got in your pocket? And I was like, ah. Oh. I knew. I knew. I said, in my mind, I'm sitting there eating. I said, God, I got 20s in my wallet. <laughs> it's like, not interested in the 20. He said, give her the 100 it's like, oh my gosh. Because see, I've been with believers who say, get, get, get your manager over here. I don't have to put up with that. I give her a piece of my mind. Listen, I've gone, to, I've gone to managers and apologized. They're supposed to be Christians. That's false advertising, I'm sorry. Come on, man. You, you, you act like that. Don't say you're from this church. You tell them you're from another one down the street. Because I know him. That's not, listen. And I've, I've been around people like that. But, but see, hurt people hurt people. You know that. She doesn't know her identity, man. I, I don't weep for me. I weep for her. Something's up. She's not seeing who she really is in light of the Father, man. She's, she's living as an orphan. My heart's moved, and so, all right, $100 bill it is. Call her over to the table. She has a name tag, and it says Susan. I said, Susan, come here, honey. 
And I take out the $100 bill and I put it in her hand like that. She instantly starts crying, just weeping. She says, you have no idea the day I've had. I thought, yes, I do. <laughs> just a little bit. Oh, sorry. She started crying. I stood up, put my arms around her, and just loved on her. Now watch this. The entire atmosphere of the restaurant shifted. And at that moment, I was subject to the influence of Holy Ghost flowing through me. And, and you see what I'm saying? Because love creates a foundation for the supernatural to manifest. These are mandates. See, these are mandates. This isn't when we come together for an hour and a half giggle on Sunday morning. This is lifestyle. This is when you go to Walmart. Do you guys understand the moment you step across the threshold in one of these places, the odds change for transformation have taken place. Because you've just stepped in, see? We're a prevailing church. We're not a church that is recoiling. We're not a church that is shrinking back. Hebrews 10, 38, the writer says, I'm not pleased with people who shrink back. Shrink back is a verb that means to draw back in fear. So many people these days are drawing back in fear, recoiling, and they said this, and that's happening there, and the governor's doing this, and the president... Come on, church. We're to advance, man. We're to advance and take back territory for the sake and the cause of the kingdom of God. Come on. We're to advance. These are days when the church rises up and moves out into the community, man, with our heads held high, walking in love, and allowing the Spirit to operate through us to do incredible things. Come on. I was in a speedway, and I was getting gas, and I saw this woman. She had, a, she had a brace or something like on her left knee. I said, honey, I said, what's going on there? And she started in telling me, and sometimes when you ask, you get more depressed. So I just like, <laughs> just lay hands on it and go for it. But she started telling me, and I'm, I'm like, oh, my, you know, the MCLC, STP, all, I mean, everything. Just like this and that and surgery, and I just... I said, well, honey, could, could I pray for you? So I locked my pump on, you know, and I went over. She said, yeah, that'd be great. And I went over, and I took her hand, and I said, in the name of Jesus, as soon as I get the name out, Jesus, the power of God hits her. And she starts going, wow, Jesus. She's loud. Wow, Jesus. Wow, Jesus. I back away. I'm scared. I don't get scared. I backed away. I turn around, and the other side of a pump is a dude with a brace on. He turns to me like this, and he goes, do your thing. <laughs> Come on, man. Life's a party. It really is. Life's a party. Because, see, the challenge is to live unoffended and transforming everyone that you see. It's a lifestyle. Come on, man, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. And you're not going to do it, see, if you're, if you're trapped. Well, he said, and they and she said and that, and they came over and they made me up, and they said, and that's happening, and I'm all, come on, man. See, that's going to rob you from yeah. pursuing love, and it's going to hinder you from being a vessel of influence for the Spirit. Are you with me? Yeah.
So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to quit. I'm going to tease you. I'm going to come back again. He doesn't know it yet, right? <laughs> Let's get that on the calendar. Um, a couple of things that I was praying for you guys. Let go of the past so you can embrace the present. Okay? This church on a whole has been through some challenges, but some have prevailed. Some have stopped. He prayed today about resurrection of dreams. I love that. Some of you have lost your hope. And I'm not shaming you. I'm just saying he's the restorer of dreams. Right now he is. Some of you need to be reminded. Come on, man. Let go of the past. Let go of the past. Don't be trapped any longer. Can we spring the trap today? Is that okay? Can we spring the trap? Second thing I want to say is he really is the God of impossibilities. He really is. And what often happens is, is we allow circumstances to dictate the mandates of what we read in the scriptures. Let me say it this way. There's a difference between what's true and what's truth. What happens to you may be true. It doesn't make it truth. Truth is the word, John 17, 17. My word is truth. Truth is greater than what's true. It doesn't invalidate this. It just makes it, it's inferior truth. So what happens to you, don't deny it, it's true, but realize it's an inferior reality to the realm of truth. Does that make sense? So trust the word over circumstances. Always. Always. And probably the third thing I would say is, I, I think truly, and I mean this, this is a prevailing church that has an enormous impact on nations. And sometimes you guys lose sight of that. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. You guys, listen to me. This is a prevailing church. This is a prevailing church. God wants to use you. God wants to use this church to touch nations. Come on, man. You got a message and a mandate. Can we pray? Come on, let's all stand. Let's all stand. So if you're comfortable with this, just put your hands on someone beside you. If you're comfortable, you don't have to, but if you're, I think most of you are. Father, right now, we sever and break off a fence. Come on, God, we, we spring the traps today in the name of Jesus. We spring the traps, Jesus. We say in Jesus' name, we are no longer trapped. In Jesus' name, we are no longer trapped by what was done, by what was said. We're not trapped by the situation. We're not trapped by, well, I thought, God, you'd come through. 
We're not, listen, we're not trapped any longer. We're saying in Jesus' name, we are springing the trap. We are saying, we whom the Son have set free are free indeed. We are not trapped any longer. We are free, God. Set people free, God, right now, God. Set people free. Come on, God. Set people free. Father, I say in Jesus' name, listen to this. We forgive the offender. Right? Come on. We forgive the offender. Well, it wasn't fair. May not have been fair, but agape operates in what's unfair. Wasn't fair what happened to Christ. But he said, forgive. They don't know what they're doing. So in Jesus' name, we forgive those who have offended. We forgive those who have said things. We, we forgive those who have mistreated us. We forgive those who, who maybe misjudged us. We forgive and we let go in Jesus' name. With the help of your spirit, we're going to chase after love. We're going to become a people of love. We're going to become a people, right? Come on. We're going to become love. We're going we're gonna to replicate the life of Jesus by walking in love. And then secondly, God, we pray, come on, that we would be influenced by Holy Spirit. Come on. Can we just right now, just in your own prayers, begin to pray for a fresh touch of Holy Spirit. Come on, man. Holy Spirit, blow through me. Holy Spirit, influence me. Influence my words. Influence, God, my thoughts. Influence my actions, God. Come on, every restaurant, every store. I didn't care, God, where we go. Target, Walmart, doesn't matter. God, blow through us. Holy Spirit of the living God, blow through us. Influence us. Empower us, God. Release yourself through us. And may we become the instruments, God, of manifestations, God. Every single place we go into, God. Every place we go in, God. Let the atmosphere become an atmosphere of the supernatural. Come on, God, use us. May we be used, O oh God. May we be used, O oh God, to lay hands on the sick. Cast out demons. Cleanse the lepers. May those who are broken and depressed and those who are oppressed, God. Hebrews or Acts 10.38 says that Jesus went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed. Come on, God. Use us, God, to touch those who are oppressed. Neighbors, co-workers, family members. Come on, God. Use us. We give ourselves to you, God, to chase after love and to be influenced by your spirit. We are a prevailing church. We are a church that's making a difference. We are a church that is transforming not just this culture, but cultures, God, all across this nation and around the world. And I thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Can we put our hands together and give a shout of praise? Come on. Come on. Bless his name. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord.